welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host. Condraman Ali of the Condraman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and special co-host Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, bringing us today's topic on Catherine's new book, The Genuine Black and White Magic. Marie Laveau. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Conjurman Ali and Lady Muse. Conjurman Ali? Thanks, Bavanute, for that lovely You're introduction. Um, yeah, we have uh, a kind of a special show for you today. We're going to be doing something different. A cat, uh, Miss Cat, who is usually the uh, host, the night co-host with her on the show, is going to actually join us as a guest. So it's going to be a rare treat to have an opportunity to chat with her um, and talk about her latest book project, which I'm very excited about. As uh, a bit of a book nerd myself, um, I'm always happy to talk about books, but very much I am... Uh, excited about this book, and I'll talk about why in in just a second, Uh, but it's part of a project of of kind of uh, reintroducing some of these really cool classic books about uh, hoodoo and magic and root work that we used to be found in supply shops. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. First, let's uh, do some quick roundup of what's going on uh, in my life, Lady Muse's life, and then we'll introduce Kat and uh, have a discussion. Um, all is great in, in Southern California. We've had some finally the beginnings of winter, uh, or at least the early fingers of winter. Uh, we don't actually have snow a lot where I am in Orange County, but we do have rain, and the rains have started, which is kind of nice uh, because it has been such a hot and dry uh, season, and particularly uh, you know fall. We didn't even have fall weather here in Southern California. We were constantly in 80 degrees and this has led to a series of, of fires. So the rains are good. They do bring their own problems with them, mudslides, especially for kind of areas that are just dealing with fire. So we are, we're dealing a little bit with, with Mother Nature's um, wrath. Um, but it is nice to finally have a, a change of season. I, whenever winter comes around, I, I start doing a lot of work related with ancestors and the dead and the cemetery. This is usually the season in which I start to do work where I clean off ancestor altars, where I visit graveyards, I get graveyard dirt. So I'm going to be beginning that work in the coming weeks uh, during December, uh, and I look forward to doing that. So it's it's a fun season, an interesting season, and um, as those who have listened to the show can probably figure it out, I do tie a lot of kind of 
my ongoing work to the seasons. For example, I do a lot of big cleaning of my altars uh, on, during the fall, though I do uh, house cleaning in the spring, all sorts of work like that. Um, that's the uh, only update I have on my end. Let's check in with uh, Lady Muse. Welcome, Lady Muse. So glad to have you as a guest co-host. What's new in your neck of the woods? Well, hello, Conjurman Ali, and it is always a honor and privilege to be here hanging out with you guys over here. Um, it's been, we had a little rain yesterday, and I will say I love the rain. Although we do have some things going on, as you were talking about, you know, with the mudslides, but I love to collect the rain and utilize that water in some of mm-hmm. our work. And sometimes people don't realize how powerful it is, and with this being mm-hmm. the uh, waning moon cycle, you know, and as you were saying, you're doing a lot of things to clean up, you know, we're headed towards mm-hmm. the end of the year. So you mm-hmm. can utilize that rainwater, you know, in your cleansing rituals, your baths and your wash floor washes and things of that nature to get rid of the negativity, you know. So um, mm-hmm. we were excited about uh, hanging out in the rain yesterday. And um, also, as you know, we're still on top of praying for these children that are going through uh, these issues, these toddlers that are being abused. And, and mm. um, we, got, we got another report in of a toddler that was um, uh, given away. And um, mm. the toddler was starved and, and uh, abused with an iron. And the, the people said when the, when the police approached them, they said that they were teaching the baby a lesson because they were peeing on themselves. It's a toddler. The baby's two years old. Oh, you know, no, no toddler yeah. deserves that. They're helpless. So we're asking all those, you know, that the prayer warriors, the root workers, we, we want to make sure mm-hmm. that these babies have justice. So, that, again, we're always on top of things like that, Conjure Man. Uh-huh. But I'm excited mm, about you. this thing with Miss Cat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for uh <laughs> Uh, thank you for uplifting that and letting us know what, what's what's going on. It's very important for us to be involved Absolutely. socially and and to Absolutely. pray for for justice. So thank you for that, Lady Muse. Um, yeah, let's talk let's talk a little bit about Miss Cat. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to give a real brief introduction to to her, and then we'll 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 bring her on. If you don't know who Miss Cat okay. is, uh, the real question is where have you been living? Why are you been living under a rock? Where have you been? (laughs) Miss Cat is the proprietress of uh, Lucky Mojo, uh, the kind of preeminent uh, hoodoo supply shop, spiritual supply shop, occult supply shop. She is uh, the teacher of the Rootwork uh, Correspondence Course, uh, really classical, original, uh, old school course in doing root work. Um, as well as the message, as well as the pastor of uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, the smallest church mm-hmm. in the world, uh, and a church that leads uh, spiritual services for people, lights candles, as well as hosts the uh, Hoodoo Heritage uh, workshops, which are done uh, once a year. So she is kind of a an, she's an icon and a legend in our community and we're very happy uh, to have her as an opportunity to talk with her but we're going to yes. talk to her in her capacity as an author and she has written several classic books on hoodoo on root work um, from the what we call the green bible which is the mm-hmm, ultimate mm-hmm. go-to book for uh, a root work it, uh, it gives you everything you need to know about herbs the hoodoo herb and root work 
magic book, um, as well as several books on the actual art of, of doing voodoo, like the art of candle magic, paper in my shoe, uh, b- works on bone reading. Today, she's coming to us to talk about the black and white magic of Marie Laveau. This is a classic kind of text um, that you used to be able to find in uh, spiritual supply shop. And there's a little bit of a controversy regarding it or a legend that, uh, that supposedly uh, Zora Neale Hurston took some of the works in Mules and Men uh, in her book from this original black and white uh, uh, magic of Marie Laveau. So there's some history there. Uh, this is a very kind of interesting book. It's got spells in there. There's uh, a bit about cards in there. And there's a bit about astrology, and that's always interesting. That's right uh, up your people alley. Ass- <laughs> yeah, people assume that, oh, astrology doesn't have anything to do with voodoo. But we have, we have some really good, clear examples of it. And it's got kind of a unique structure in which it talks about, you know, the lady who, who does this and the lady who, you know, whose house is empty, you know. So it's a very kind of unique book. And I want to I open this up to uh, Miss Cat. Bring her on here. You know, first, welcome, Miss Cat. Glad to have you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about this book? Well, first of all, thank you for having me as a guest. Um, and you are right. Um, I have been working on the Occult Shop Classics reprints. Yeah. And this is the fourth one I've done and the third that has its own standalone book. One of them was a part of Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say that the Lucky Mojo Library of Occult Classics is really um, a way to bring back things that were in print. In some cases, they were in print for 50, 60, 70 years and went out of print. And many of them are public domain. And, yeah, you probably can find a free copy somewhere. But you're not going to find the material in the form in which it is presented in these reprints because I provide introductions, um, illustrations, and historical support for where these things came from. Now, Mm -hmm. um, just for those who are keeping track, the others besides How to Conduct a Candlelight Service, which was in Art of Food of Candle Magic, Legends of Incense, Mm -hmm. Urban Oil Magic by Louis de Clermont, and this amazing book, which I subtitled Hoodoo Urban Root Medicine, were the were uh, the um, previous um, ones, and this one is titled "Genuine Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau." Now, yeah, that's a that's a funny title to give it because this book has had so many titles over mm-hmm. the years. It's just been um, a kind of a free for all. And Ali, mm-hmm. you touched on something, but I'm going to surprise you. In in Zora Neale Hurston's famous book, Mules and Men, published in 1935, where she talks about hoodoo, it's widely considered a classic, and an authoritative book because Zora Neale Hurston was an African-American folklorist with a degree Mm -hmm. from college, in fact, from two colleges, and she was Mm -hmm. a professional folklorist. So she wrote this book. Well, prior to that book, she had been a contributor to a magazine called the Journal of American Folklore. Yep. And in 1931, she wrote an article called Hoodoo in America. And, um, and yes, Ali, it's available from JSTOR, so just check it out. <laughs> and, in, and in that um, article, which was very, very, very long, 
she shows a few oddities. Number one, she doesn't know how to spell the name Marie Laveau. She spells it L-E-V-E-A-U consistently. So she wasn't as familiar with Marie Laveau as she might have been. She refers to um, the old type of work, which she calls the Marie Laveau routines. And she gives 30 examples of Marie Laveau routines. And she kind of both mocks them and documents them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, years were to pass, and um, a good friend of mine, uh, a woman who worked for the Smithsonian Institution and was published by the University of Tennessee Press, Carolyn Mora Long, author of Spiritual mm-hmm. Merchants, which is a book about oh, yeah. the um, urbanization of hoodoo. She mentions that this book was originally called The Life and Works of Marie Laveau. But the only authority that we have that such a book existed is Zora Neale Hurston's statement that there was Mm -hmm. such a book. And Zora Neale Hurston was a novelist as well as a folklorist. And a number of the things she wrote over the years have been shown to have been... um, I guess you could say doctored. Um, she mm, actually, they were stories. They were also, she did some plagiarism. Mm-hmm. She also rewrote plagiarized things and claimed she had collected them in the field when they were actually the lyrics of recordings that were available at 78 RPM records. And uh, there's a few other oddities about her. And I'm not going to Mm -hmm. try to put her down because I admire her greatly. However, Mm. admiring her greatly has caused me to read all of her novels. And early on, I read the Journal of American Folklore version of the Life Mm -hmm. and Works of Marie Laveau. And I recognized it as her writing. It's her writing. There is no oh. book she's quoting. It's her writing. And it contains all sorts of novelistic touches, such as, and throw it into drifting waters. No mm. folkloric person would say that. That would They'd say, throw it into a running river or throw it into running water. But right. throw it into drifting waters. And she has these very beautiful phraseology that is a novelist phraseology. Well, to make a long story short, that is that article is very hard to find, and you have to be kind of an academic until now. Now I've totally gone on the radio, but I'm just going to go to JSTOR and get a copy. But, um, but in that um, in that work, she mentioned these thirty different spells, and they each have a supplication, petition, or plea mm-hmm. to um, you know to to the root worker to get help, and then the answer is given in the form of a spell. Mm-hmm. And, however, however, she then redid these when she did um, Mules and Men. She rewrote them slightly. She and she uh, yeah. attributed she attributed having found them to a different person. She had names in the Journal of American mm. I got this from so and so who lived here, and I got this from so and so who lived here. So and so knew these two. But when she does it in the Meals and Men, it's different sources for the same things, which again mm. points to her fabulization. Now, I'm not going to try to psychologize Zora Neale Hurston. I know that in the 90s, <laughs> when I first began to point this out, 
I was mm-hmm. really given what I would call the hard shaft up the ass by the Zora Neale Hurston Appreciation Society mm-hmm. of yeah. Academics. How could you say that? Well, I just began to show this, that, this, that. And yeah. now uh, I, I'm not going to fight that battle anymore because I won by basically <laughs> yeah. the younger generation of <laughs> academics have gone back and said, they don't give me credit, but the younger generation of academics have said, holy moly, this is, there's problems here. But yeah, leaving all that aside, I believe that the book that Carolyn Morrow Long thought was called The Life and Works of Marie Laveau that was published in 1928 for the Cracker Jack Drugstore and which Carolyn Morrow Long, I think, sincerely attributed to George A. Thomas, the man who owned the Cracker Jack and was a doctor mm-hmm. and a pharmacist. I don't think he wrote it. I think Zora Neale Hurston wrote it. I think the whole thing was written by Zora Neale Hurston. That and I don't even interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, wow. leaving all that aside, we journey forward in time. <laughs> Who reads okay. the Journal of American Folklore? Eh, no, you know, nobody reads the Journal of American Folklore. <laughs> it's right? true. Well, it's true. people write, people read Mules and Men. We know, for instance, that Morton Newman of Valmore read Mules and Men because he quotes pieces of it in some of his old catalogs. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was published. It was a published for national distribution. It was in an academic journal. But who reads the Journal of American Folklore? None other than. Anne Flightman, the the young woman who was hired by the Spitalnik, a.k.a. K. family of Doreen Publishing, to produce pamphlets for occult shops mm-hmm. because their then leading writer, Louis de Claremont, whose name was Mr. Young, the inventor of Young's Chinese Wash, he disappeared. We don't know if he died. We don't know if he went into the army. His last stuff was published in the late 30s, and Henri Gamache's Master Book of Candle Burning was was mm-hmm. um, published in 1941. And I believe that the next edition of the Marie Laveau book was actually written by Anne Fleitman. And she is known to me to have gone to the New York Public Library and to have used sources for books. She was not a plagiarist. She was a, a, a very uh, intelligent author. She mm-hmm. later became a, even a, a publisher in her own right. Mm-hmm. She um, picked up these um, things from from Zora's writing, Miss mm-hmm. Hurston's writing. But then she was always leaving her own little what I call her tells, her own little mm-hmm. um, indications that she had written something. And her own flourishes. The, the one thing that gave her away was not words like drifting waters, but mm-hmm. the thing that she did that was always kind of unique was that she mentioned Judaism because she was Jewish. Mm. And she always drew a parallel between Jews and black people in terms of slavery Mm-hmm. She believed that Moses was black, like mm-hmm. many Jews do, and she is the one who wrote the Mystery of the Long Lost Eighth, Ninth, and Tenth Books of Moses, which tells the mm. whole story of Moses as a uh, the great voodoo man of the Bible, as she calls him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, she also couldn't help herself. She just couldn't. 
when she writes about candles, for instance, she says things like, the Catholics appropriated this from Judaism. I mean, she can't help herself. She just can't. I mean, she's got to say it. It's true, but a Catholic <laughs> yeah, that, wouldn't say that. that. It's right? actually true, though. <laughs> it, it is true. But it she is, just, like, her, her edition of this book, all of a sudden, these little inserts keep on getting put in. And um, so you can tell I always... Is. I always say what I what I know Henri Gamache, of course, seems to be a, a French, a black French guy from Haiti with a name like Henri Gamache. No, no, no. It's yeah. this lady, Anne Flightman. What seems to happen is she she is goes always to the New York Public Library. She gets these magazines and books. She goes to the periodical department. Every book she has comes from that periodical department that she quotes these little things that come out of. So... I think this was her first work for them. And the, the the real kicker to me, I mean, you know, but I have to laugh mm-hmm. at her and love her because she's a she's a, a trip in herself, just like Zora Neale Hurston. She's just as yeah. as nutty. And I guess eventually when I'm old, they're going to say that I'm nutty too. Anne Flightman cannot write a book without mentioning Judaism, no matter what the topic is. And for some crazy reason, she decided to write a spell which involves mention of the name of Julius Rosenwald. Now, you know that uh, yeah, you're going, Lady Muse, you're going, what? And, and you know, yeah, what? So Julius Rosenwald was obviously a Jew with a name like that. He was an Ashkenazi Jewish-American guy. He was the president of Sears Roebuck, and he had started mm. off as an organ pumper, um, pumping organs for Catholic churches for like pennies an hour because they would they couldn't hire Catholics to pump the organs because they had to be sitting in the pews. So they hired mm-hmm. Jews to pump the organs because they didn't care, right? And it wasn't their Sabbath mm-hmm. anyway, so they could just come out and pump the organs, right? And so Julius Rosenwald was an organ pumper, and he rose to become the president of Sears Roebuck. And then he did something else, which was he gave his money away to the Rosenwald Foundation, and he partnered with Booker T. Washington, the great African-American political leader of the time, to fund 5,000, that is 5,000,000 public schools that were that they didn't exist. He funded 5,000 schools in the wow. South so that black kids could get an education. But even that wasn't good enough, and of course he funded Tuskegee as well, but um, which was, uh, you know, Tuskegee uh, University. Uh, but even that wasn't enough because people kept on black people kept on fleeing from the South like refugees going north, and they yeah. were hitting Chicago, which is where okay. Sears Roebuck was um, headquartered. So he built the very first um, cooperatives of low-income housing. And this was called the um, uh, Michigan Avenue uh, Gardens, but now called the Rosenwald uh, Gardens. And it's beautiful Art Deco, two acres of beautiful planned housing with a park in the middle that you could only access the park if you live there. It's now African-American senior housing. It used mm. to be family housing. It still exists. It's a historic landmark. Now, mm-hmm. only Ann Flightman would say, I'm going to just... I'm going to say this, that I'm an ally. I'm saying I'm an ally by saying that Julius Rosenwald's an ally and I'm here to help, right? So it's naive. You could look at it now and say, well, how naive of her. But she really had her heart in the right place in a kind of a 
um, yeah. way. And so that's why I believe that this book was written, the second edition was written by her. Mm-hmm. Now, she also me, took out some spells that she thought were too Catholic. Uh, maybe oh, she interesting. didn't. She just, uh, uh, St. Anthony goes away. Yeah, St. Anthony goes away. Um, Let's pause here real quick. I just want to say two things, and one of them is, is a little bit of a, a question. I think it'll probe a deeper. First, the mention of Sears. Kat, you blew my mind. Just blew my mind when you mentioned that she talks about Julius Rosenwald. Um, and and it's absolutely you're you're so right on the money on this about her signaling herself as an ally. I mean, people who don't know the history of of Sears um, will forget that that Sears was the first company to really undermine segregation in the retail world, right? That's right. So in right. black people would go into a retail store and they couldn't get help from white people. And the mm-hmm. catalog allowed people, the Sears catalog allowed black people to order without uh, facing segregation. And, and, and South white Southerners were so angry at Sears that they tried to boycott those catalogs. But that has I mean, right. a whole transformation that happens because of that. So Julius Rosenwald has a really unique history here. The other thing I want to point out is that we mentioned the word voodoo a couple times here. And I, I was wondering yeah. if you could speak a little bit to this. They say voodoo, both in this book as well as in, in, in even in the Henri Gamache book where you talk about the voodoo man of the Bible. But we're not actually talking about voodoo, the Haitian right. Afro-Caribbean religion. We are talking okay. about voodoo, aren't we? Right. And I and this I have to say too, Zora Neale Hurston had this right and Ann Flightman had it wrong. Um mm-hmm. Hurston explains white people pronounce it voodoo. And what mm-hmm. she meant by that was a double signification. It's pronounced with a v a v sound and it should be hoodoo, but she's also saying they pronounce it as from on high. Well, you know, you mm-hmm. uh, you colored people are practicing voodoo. But she's yeah fighting back, saying, no, they pronounce it voodoo, but it's hoodoo. And Mm. Anne Flightman um, basically kind of went along with the academic trend, which was to call it voodoo at the time. So she she kind of, whatever, she added to the confusion. Now, I want to go a little bit farther, though. In this edition that Anne Flightman put out, which is Mm. not... um, attributed to her but i know it's her writing it's so obviously her writing because like i said you know um, i have to i have to just give my little funny statement about her i first realized there was a jew writing the Henri gamash books and when i found the phrase no less an authority than rabbi nachman says (laughs) yep That would be Rabbi Nachman of Breslau, and um, yes. and I'm actually related to him, and I'm kind of like, what? No way. <laughs> what black Haitian wow. would write that? <laughs> so that was her tell. And, you know, you're writing synonym- pseudonymously, and you're just like, you throw that little thing in, and like, hi, mm-hmm. I was here. So i got to give her a little laugh for that one. Okay, so she did this, and um, but then uh, what happens later is that, there are other versions of the book start to come out. And the yeah. next person who puts out the book is um, uh, Larry Bernard Wright. Now, y'all won't know who Larry Bernard Wright is, but he wrote under a number of pseudonyms such as L.B. Wright, E-L-B-E-E, L.B. Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, and Dr. Elb, E-L-B, Dr. Elb, 
And he also had his fabulous pseudonym, C.A. Nagel. Never figured out where that came from. And mm. the best pseudonym of all, H.U. Lampy. And H.U. Lampy is the name of some random famous ornithologist. So <laughs> go figure. I don't know. But Larry Bernard Wright um, owned what was at one time the largest occult shop wholesale supplying company and retail supplying company in America, and that was mm-hmm. the Wright Company, which had three subsidiaries, Marlar Publishing, Tyrad Company, and um, Worldwide Curios. Worldwide, they, he advertised with full-page ads in the tabloids, you know, the supermarket mm-hmm. tabloids. Mm-hmm. Um, he only died in the late 90s. He was a lovely man. I still have some mojo bags he made. He was real sincere in all of his work. Um, he was married to a woman named Marlene, and their publishing company was called Marlar, Marlene and Larry. And Marlar Publishing put out a version of the black and white, and it's a different version than Flightman's. Mm. I don't know if that he had not seen hers or whatever, but he put out his own version. And in his version, um, he added something really wonderful, which was the list of supplies, which was what supplies you would need to do each spell. And then in his catalog, he sold kits. He was one of the first people to sell spell kits, and this is going way back into the 20th century here. He sold the kits where it would say you can buy, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. spell number 34, the man who is pursued by the law. And there's all the ingredients, and it would cost you $18.50 or whatever it would be. I wanted to keep that in this book too and i really admire um him he was he was a a very um good guy good typesetter too and his stuff it looks Mm -hmm. real clean then along comes anna reva uh, whose real name Mm -hmm. is dorothy spencer dorothy spencer did a revised version she called it the revised black and white magical marie laveau well she began to drop out herbs. She was not a great herbal herbalist, and so she would say, no. instead of it saying um, ginger and wonder of the world root and John the Conqueror root, she'd say things like take domination oil or whatever. Yes, would she be. was a, b- much bigger on the oils. I mean, she even wrote yeah, a book on oils. Yeah, she was a perfumist. She was a perfumer. Yeah. So she completely rewrote the spells yeah. so that they don't have any herbs in them anymore or roots or whatever. And um, meanwhile... Another company called Fulton Religious Supply bought out some of the Doreen books when Doreen moved to Texas, and they took Ann Flightman's um, book and just chopped it from 64 pages to 48 pages. That all goes away. (laughs) That was real popular edition, though. And then... um, and then Anna Reba's edition was bought out when she retired by Marty Mayer of um, Indio mm-hmm. Products, a.k.a. Cultural Heritage, and it became known as the original black and white magic of Marie Lebo, which yeah. it was not. And yeah. at that point, it was unreadable. Um, the type had been shrunk and shrunk to fit on the pages. Meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, going back to Doreen, and I believe this is the last vestige of Louis de Clermont as Anne Flightman was getting into that book, there are some very odd additions to the book, which were not in Zora Neale Hurston's book. And these were using the Zodiac, uh, reading mm-hmm. cards, and all yeah, of them playing come cards. from... Yeah, playing cards. And all of those are plagiarized from other books. And it took me years to find out which books they were plagiarized from. And so, this so is, In other words, you're not just... You're not just and this is, I think, really important to highlight here. 
this isn't just a reprint. This isn't just a remake. Oh, no. This isn't just like a. This is re, like this is years of research that has gone into tracing yeah. the intertextuality. Going, this comes from actually this edition. This is for the original author. I mean, we're looking at a very a years long, decades long process to really get at the core of what is meant to be in this book, where it came from. There's like there's real. I mean, this is academic level research we're talking about here. But they're yeah. getting this within this book. Yeah. Now, in the chat room, in the chat room, we've put through um, a link for what's called page 17. It's page 17 of the book. And if you click that link, you're going to see the black and white dream book. And, uh, and also down at the middle center right is the black and white 1922 almanac. So this brings us to the next guy in our list, Abe Plow. Mm. Who was Abe Plow? Abe Plow was a... A Jewish guy, another Jewish pharmacist, right? And he lived in Memphis, and um, his family was in Memphis. There are a lot of Jews in the South. People don't know that, but there are. And he started off by making an, a healing analgesic oil when he was young. He was interested in chemistry, and he, he ended up mm-hmm. owning one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. But like many Jews of the time period, he believed that Jews should make common cause with black people to yep. get equality and that it was his duty, his duty to make sure that there was an end to segregation. And so he created the black and white line of products. And the black and white line of products is um, black and white soap and there's black and white ointment. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of these are still made and we still sell them. There was also a black and white bleaching cream. When I was young, black and white soap was recommended to me by a shop owner because I mostly dated black boys at the time. I was a, uh, in my teens at the time. Oh, yeah. And I was told, <laughs> you want, yeah, yeah, you didn't know that, Lady Muse. And I was told, you you want that uh, black and white soap and excuse my the way they said it, uh, that's if you want to cross the line. Mm. Mm. And it was a good soap, too, and I certainly used it. And But Abe Plow did intend that. That's not just a folkloric um, addition. After that's these intentional. Books, no, it was intentional, yes. So the Black mm. and White Almanac was um, plagiarized for a part of the Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau for something called wedding and anniversaries. We used the cover of one of the black and white uh, Good Luck and Dream books, which has a swastika mm-hmm. on the cover, and so you can tell it's pre 1933, pre oh, the Nuremberg yeah. Laws, because he was Jewish. Yeah. He would have, and in fact, I have another copy of it where there's a turbaned man's face on it, um, oh, how which obviously, is, yeah, he substituted to show well, no more swastikas. But Abe Plow also wanted to promote um, racial integration and race pride among black people. And he also published a version of the Black and White Dream Book, which came out every year. There was a new version of it, Mm -hmm. which was called Dreams Come True. And instead of just being lucky betting numbers and dream interpretations, it was a, a whole series of beautiful grease pencil drawings by a guy named George mm-hmm. Lee, who was an African-American commercial artist. And these were full page, um, you know, that kind of grease pencil, croquel paper drawings of black heroes. It was black history 
mm-hmm. material. In other words, it, yeah. you know, here's George Washington Carver, here's Frederick Douglass, here's Harriet right. Tubman, here you go, Booker T. Washington, and this is a whole book of this. And it the and of course it advertised black and white products, and it told people to be proud of who you are, be proud of who you are, seek an education. And mm-hmm. Abe Plow, unlike Julius Rosenwald, Abe Plow gave a lot of money anonymously and in fact at one mm-hmm. point when he died he was known as Mr. Anonymous and he is the man who more or less invented what people who like public TV and public radio know as the challenge grant he would oh, say he would say we need to build this new school for black kids in Memphis because the school system isn't isn't helping i will promise $10,000 if the black community can raise $500. They were always challenging, but he always he always asked that something be contributed. Uh, we have only a couple minutes. Let me just ask you something here. Uh, first, uh, let's also ask, see if Ms. Uh, Lady Muse has any questions that she'd like to ask. But could you talk a little bit of what people will find if they purchase this book? Like, what is in this book? What all right. Get? In addition to this brilliant research that you've all done. All right, all right. You know me. I'm always, about the, I'm always about where this fits in. No, and I love this. History. I yes, love it. yes, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the book itself. As... In going through all of these different editions, most of them contain 30 to 35 spells. None of them have more than 35 spells. I was able to assemble 53 spells because they're all different, right? Mm -hmm. And the spells changed over the years and in different editions, um, sometimes by abridgment, sometimes by lengthening. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways they changed was the ingredients changed. And I already touched on that. That's that is an important factor here. Yes. The the other thing that changed was that um, uh, the tone uh, was mm-hmm. changed. More of the spells became about personal uplift, and spells mm-hmm. like the curse were taken away, right? I've mm. restored all of the ones that were taken away. The spells oh, that were deleted wow. are all back. Um, but also, when you look at the spells that were deleted, they are all spells that are about adults, and they mm-hmm. are about adults who are struggling with uh, an unfriendly society. And they have titles like The Man Whose Lodge Brothers Gainsay Him, mm-hmm. The Man Who mm-hmm. Cannot Face His Debts, The Lady Who mm-hmm. Cannot Face Her Landlord. Right. And these, those were taken out, poof, gone. They're not there anymore. So what was left were the love spells, you know. The, but right. But one of the love spells is a lesbian love spell. And um, this touches on Zora Neale Hurston's life. It's about mm-hmm. the lady who can't get lady friends. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how you're going to uh, find the favor of your own kind. It's very down on the down low, you know. But it's oh, real obvious when you read it, it's a spell for lesbian love. And, and these are all written in kind of plea response format, right? Like they're asking Marie Laveau, and Marie Laveau responds. Yes, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I can give you a, a real a brief example of one. Uh, this is called I'm the. I'm going to ask you that. Yes, can yeah? you read one for us? Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I'm going to read you. I'll just read you the opening to one of them. Oh, good mother, okay. I am sore of feet and heavy of heart, for the power of man has said that I shall be put in the darkest dungeon and that I shall be deprived of the beauty, pleasures, and goodwill of the world, that my friends shall look down on me, that they shall show displeasure 
and pass me with their faces turned away, and that my enemies will vilify me and say untruths and blasphemy and perjury to my dismay so that they can point their fingers at me and pass me in the streets of the city and heap scorn on the heads of those dear to me and those who love me. So that's a very oh, wow. adult plea. You know, it's like cyberbullying. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. She's going to yeah. trial, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And then the, the reply, they always are framed as a response. Oh, daughter, I say mm-hmm. unto you that you shall come with your lawman before the judges and the scribes, and they shall pass judgment upon you. So she's not offering to get this lady off from court. And according to your faith and hope, you shall be judged. And according to your sacrifices and invocations, you shall be judged. And according to the wise counsel and smooth tongues of those who assist you, you shall be judged. And then it tells what you're going to do. It says, my child, to cool the wrath of God, you shall take the root of Lo John the Conqueror. And <laughs> that's a little there John. There we go. Too, right? Mm-hmm. And dried dragon's blood. And upon those you shall sprinkle a drop of blood, dove's blood oil and wrap them in bright-colored tissue and put them in the farthest corner of your house or behind your bed so that no hand shall touch them. There they shall remain for nine days. And you shall make a novena. Oh, this book is very Catholic. It, it does come mm-hmm. out of New Orleans. And you shall make mm-hmm. a novena of nine brown candles and burn one every day with victory oil with the name of your helpers under them. And you shall make a novena of nine black candles and burn one every day with destruction oil and the names of your enemies under them, written mm-hmm. in very small letters. And you mm-hmm. shall burn them side by side so that the waxes will not mix. For the brown are for victory, and the black are for conquering enemies. And at the end of the nine days, you shall take up the packet that you made and add to it the beans called wish beans, which are mojo beans, St. Joseph Mm -hmm. beans, Mm -hmm. and carry it in a red flannel every day, allowing no one to touch it but yourself. On the day of the trial, you shall take a new dry piece of the low John the Conquer root and chew it as you enter the courtroom, and you shall spit the finely chewed root inside the room, allowing no one to see you do it, so that the judges shall hearken unto the testimony of your friends and hear with pleasure the words of your witnesses and believe them, and he shall deal with you mildly, so be it. Yes. So, oh, I love this. It's a straight-up spell. It. And anyone who has been paying it, it is good. And anyone who's been paying attention to anything about hoodoo from that that has been learning will recognize many of those elements. What's also really interesting is that kind of plea and response format. That is the classic way of how you approach the root worker. Oh, Mm -hmm. Father, I come with heavy heart, or Oh, Father, I come with a heavy heart. And you ask, if you, you always presented it as a plea. And then the root worker gave you the response. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that the book actually mirrors a, a real kind of, if you will, social script that was found amongst root workers and their clients. Oh, mother, I come with you, come to you with a heavy heart. Or, oh, mother, I come to you with a broken heart was a very common way of saying mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. betrayed me and I need your help. Well, mm-hmm. you you know, and you've been a moderator, and so has Lady Muse on the Lucky mm-hmm. Mojo Forum. They still come oh, to yeah. us like that, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, please cool. help me, you know, my mother-in-law, yes. blah, blah. You know, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's always that form, and they want that to is. tell you their story. And so mm-hmm. these contain those little stories. I find in these stories things that I recognize 
just yep. I mean they're still they're still the same stories. I'm going to read you the the list of a a couple of the of the titles of these, and that'll give you some yes. ideas. Oh yes, please. So there we uh, go. That's that's what I'm waiting for. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, this book is not written for teen witches. It's written mm-hmm. for spiritualists and mediums. In other words, it's written mm-hmm. for root workers. So oh, the first okay. part is number one: advice to spiritualists and mediums. It tells you how to dress yourself so that mm-hmm. you don't get driven down by your um, clients' troubles. Number two: how Very to dress important. home. Yeah, how to dress homes and churches. So she sets mm-hmm. you up first to be a root worker. Then, mm-hmm. attracting luck. Help for one who never had spiritual help. How many times we see those? I've never been to a root worker mm-hmm. before. Well, mm-hmm. that's not I'm new to this, yes. New to this, mm-hmm. right? Then, a hand for the man or woman in bad luck. The man whose gambling luck was crossed. The lucky mm-hmm. hand. The gambling mm-hmm. hand of the goddess of chance. Boy, that's a Zora Neale Hurstonism. Mm-hmm. The best gambling <laughs> hand called the Toby. That one was added by Larry Wright. The man who wants to find buried treasure. Now, Ollie, you're going to check this one. The man who oh, wants yeah. to find buried treasure. So all of a sudden, we're like back with Agrippa. I mean, we've got oh, we've yeah. got a bo- we've got a bottle full of lapis infernalis or lunar oh, wow. caustic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've got a bottle of lunar this. caustic, and we're going silently into the field, and we're digging a hole, and we've got the the seal of treasure of the sixth and seventh books of Moses. I mean, oh it's god, like, I love this. Whoa, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like whoa, there it is. And then you you put the lunar caustic in and take the treasure out, and must be silent. Very interesting, old, practically medieval spell. Mm-hmm. The hardworking man who wants luck. Then we get to the job ones. The man who wishes to get a job. The man who wants to hold his job. The man who mm-hmm. wishes to obtain a promotion. The man who okay. wants the secret of prosperity. The man who wishes to attract attention. The man who wishes to influence people. Now, this tells us something about the time. There are no women in these jobs, but mm-hmm. so it goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have overcoming financial troubles. The man who cannot face his debts. The lady who cannot face her landlord. The man who has difficulties on the job. Now, difficulties on the job is code for racial discrimination. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. The lady who has an empty boarding house. In other words, a woman wouldn't have a business. She'd run a boarding house. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the boarding house is implied. There may be some other stuff going on there, too. We don't know. The man Mm -hmm. whose business is poor. The lady who lost her business. Then Mm -hmm. overcoming love troubles. The man who cannot get a sweetheart. The lady who has a love rival. The man who lost his sweetheart, the lady who lost her lover, the man whose wife left home, the lady whose husband left home. Then we have some more of these adult ones, family troubles, the man Mm -hmm. whose children do not help him. Now, you know, that's the kind of thing. Only an adult would even ask that question. What do I do if my children don't help me, right? The The woman whose children are ungrateful, the man who wants peace in his home, the women whose children are in trouble. We still have that one. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And then we get the legal problems. Court scrape or the lady going to trial. The man who is pursued by the law. The lady in the lawsuit. The man whose Lodge brothers gainsay him. They accuse him of theft. Um, then we have the social troubles. The man mm. whose lady friends speak badly. The lady whose lady friend, men's friends speak badly. And goes on and on. We've got ladies and men. They, everybody speaks badly. Then we have the bad neighbors. To make them move out of their house, and the man who wants to, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. The man who wants to control even evil neighbors, 
And then we have conquering enemies, and it gets it gets progressively hotter here. The lady who wishes to cross her enemies, the man who uh, wants to this I love the man who wants to drive his enemy insane. That was. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. To conquer those who've made you suffer, and then the one called the curse. And then we have breaking cross conditions. The lady who wishes to be uncrossed, the man who wishes to be uncrossed. Woman beset by evil spirits, woman crossed with sadness. The woman crossed by sadness is basically a case of chronic depression. Yep. And it's treated as such. And then we have um, uh, uh, true messages from dreams, and that's uh, how to... The Secret of Dreaming True. Then, that ends the 53 spells. Then we get to the other parts of the book. How to work with candles, candle mm-hmm. devotions, the, the trinity, star, cross, octave, novena, the significance of candles, the birth month candles, the star sign candles. Then we have how this to know the zodiac. This is very much like a precursor to the Henri Gamache work. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is mm-hmm. a precursor to the Henri Gamache yeah. work. Exactly. This and is then, where she's mm-hmm. fleshing out those This ideas. is where she comes in. Yes, yeah. yes, you're getting it, Ollie. Then the Zodiac, oh, yeah. that is a total 100% rip from H.F., a brother of the, a fellow of the Universal Brotherhood. He was a theosophist. Yeah. His book was published in the 1880s by Wayman Brothers. Rip, there it is, the Zodiac. <laughs> Wedding Anniversary <laughs> Secrets, that's ripped from Abe Plow. Then there's How to Read the Cards, Hearts, Clubs, Diamonds, and Spades, Rip from Professor P.R.S. Foley, a.k.a. Sir Cyril Arthur Pearson, um, Mm. author of uh, Fortune Telling by Playing Cards. It just ripped from that. And then the list of supplies by uh, Larry Bernard Wright, and then the chronological bibliography. That's the book, 96 pages. It is amazing. These 53 spells are uh, really... um, Fantastic, and they they use really old, um, uh, you know, ingredients. This this is not all like light a glass in case candle, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is um, these are spells that use um, th- things that we know still today. Peace water, yeah. you know, stop gossip oil. These things were in mm-hmm. use then. I have to say something because a lot of people wanting to show respect to hoodoo's history, kind of forget hoodoo's history, and they talk about, oh, this is all the magic of slaves who were so oppressed, and da-da-da-da-da. But hoodoo, yeah, well, it is, but hoodoo didn't really come into its own until after emancipation. Yes, hoodoo has a very clear urban component that people always try to erase or forget. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the first Mm -hmm. person who wrote about love powders who was African-American, was Pascal Beverly Randolph. And he wrote about that in 1875. Exactly. And so we can say for sure he was was doing this in 1875 and probably earlier, probably let's say 1865. We know in 1860 he was selling uh, things by mail order um, Mm -hmm. to, to spiritualists. So... From that period, though, we go forward another whole 60 years. And meanwhile, uh, this urban form of hoodoo is developing in New Orleans and in in, um, Philadelphia and in New York and in other urban centers. This book Mm -hmm. comes out of Zora Neale Hurston's trip from New York to New Orleans. And Mm. the reason I believe she wrote it is it's documented. She was in New Orleans at the time that... She was, quote, collecting this, right? Oh, right, and right. 
you know what I'm saying? It's it's all kind of it just seems a little too coincidental uh, for me. But um, but she also went and collected folklore in Florida, and which was mm-hmm. where she was raised herself. And so this is a, a particular flavor of mm-hmm. when Harry Hyatt went around. It? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Harry Hyatt went around collecting uh, hoodoo spells from um, 1,600 black root workers over the course of, well, four years, then plus another 40 years, um, he noted that candle magic had really started in New Orleans and that by the time he was collecting, it had, quote, spread up the river to Memphis. And he Mm -hmm. got that information not by being an authority figure, he got that from an African-American preacher Mm -hmm. who told him that, Mm -hmm. and that it had spread to Washington, D.C. And that is around the time, 1936, when Legends of Incense, Urban Oil Magic comes out of New York City. So this predates that. This is earlier. And it really shows how candle magic entered hoodoo. But at this time, and if you read the spells, these are not glass-encased candles for the most part. There are some glass-encased candles. There are some... Mm -hmm. Uh, double action candles and so forth Mm -hmm. but most of these would be either a four or six inch candle and they will say things like you burn it upside down well you can't burn Mm -hmm. a glass candle upside down right so when you start to see it in your mind and see what was being done on the table and and Mm -hmm. read it with your mental eyes open you really can see what spiritual church Mm -hmm. hoodoo of New Orleans and also of Washington, D.C. and Baltimore and Memphis, too, what it looked like. And this is a real history, and don't let anyone tell you, oh, those commercial people, they commercialized it. No, no, this is no, what it no. was. Mm-hmm. And this is where you see that actual influence of 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 a kind of cosmopolitan nature of hoodoo, of the regional uh, influence of hoodoo, of Things like pharmacy shops. I mean, people, that, that is hoodoo. That's not, oh, that was just the commercialization of it. Guess what? Essence of Bendover, that's as hoodoo as it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. So this is why mm-hmm. I love this book. In addition to being, can we just know how comprehensive this book is? It really has. I mean, in its, in its short pages, it has everything. Every kind of spell you can ever kind of need. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was certainly that certainly needed at the time, but still remains pertinent today. You're still going to need luck. You're still going to need business. You're still going to need mm-hmm. to curse. You're still going to need mm-hmm. to love. All of that is still very much needed, and it's comprehensive. It's got something for everybody. Every kind of need, it addresses that. In addition mm-hmm. to having this immense kind of tracing of the history of hoodoo, you get something very practical in this book. Oh, yeah. And there's a certain style that begins to show up in this book, which um, I remember, and Ali, you go back a ways as being one of my students, and so do you, Lady Mm -hmm. Muse. And I would always Mm -hmm. talk about how there was this older level to hoodoo where the freestanding candles before 1976, Mm -hmm. because Marty Mayer introduced silk-screened Vigil candles in 1976, and everyone thinks that's the you know the cat's pajamas. It's what is, mm-hmm. but these burning of these of these freestanding candles um, is a a real style, and in mm-hmm. it 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 says you know it, you cause the wax to drip on the name, 
mm-hmm. for various reasons. But if it doesn't drip, you pick the candle up and drip the wax on the name paper. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. all explained in here. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I want to say, and this is a little bit, this is commercial on my part. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that Larry B. Wright sold spell kits for every one of the ones of the spells that were in his version of the book. I am going to be introducing within the next two months uh, spell kits for all 53 of these spells. Oh, wow. Wow. In other words, you'll get them. You'll get the page of the book. You don't have to buy the whole book. He always made you buy the book. He said, the rituals are not Uh included. So, you know, you buy the book. But I'm going (laughs) to, hey, I can run a photocopy, you know, uh, of the page. And you'll get the page of the book. You'll get the, um, the, It'll all be in a box. It's that spell. So if you buy the book, you can then say, I want to order, you know, uh, spell number five, the man whose gambling luck was crossed. And it'll contain Master Root and and Wonder of the World Root and Master Oil and Protection Oh, I love that. And all that stuff. Now, Ms. Cat, I have a quick question. I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Now, are the books on pre-order now? Did yes. I understand that right? They're on pre-order, yes. and you could. There's also a link in the form to purchase, as well as the Lucky Mojo site, right? And the book right. is for nine dollars, and That's you're right. starting to ship in January, right? So if everyone well, gets yes. their book now, go ahead. Yes, January, and um, yeah, okay. I'll even go. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm a terrible commercial person if I wouldn't mention that <laughs> money. Um, yeah, it is that. It is boo, uh, B-O-O dot G-R-I for grimoire, and then B-A-W-M, black and white magic. That's what you want to order. And um, we will ship, we say January, it's at the printer now. So the printer can take, you know, it's Christmas season. We're not, they can't guarantee us a press time. And um, we'll have that book when we have it. It definitely will be out in January. Um, Okay. We don't expect it to be the biggest seller in the world. There's people already saying, but I already have a copy of that book. No, you don't. Not this book. No, Not you this don't. book. No, you don't. The amount of work that has gone into bringing all of these threads together. I mean, no, you don't have this book. This is, yeah. this is going to be something else. No, this is this is 30 years of research and five months of typesetting, yeah. writing, editing, wow. rewriting, and compilation. Oh, That's incredible, wow. that Ms. Cat. You are awesome. Yes, yes. Great. Well, thank, thank you, you for letting me, Thank you for letting me talk about it. You guys are swell. Thank you, Miss Cat. It was such a pleasure oh, to have you, you um, yes, uh, come is. on and talk about this book. <laughs> we don't often get a chance to combine history, research, and practical hoodoo in this uh, way. So this was a really fun interview, and I really encourage people to pick this book up. Um, it's really yes. it's a classic, and then to see it remade with all the work that's gone into it is absolutely brilliant. So thank you, Ms. Cap. We're going to have thank Papa so Newt come in and lead us on to our next segment where we will take on petitioners and we will give them answers just like Marie Laveau did in this book. Yes! All right! <laughs> Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at 
crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phone and take our next our, our client for the night. And our client is calling all the way from country code 33 in Paris, France. This is Lucy. Lucy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello, welcome. And I thank you for being here. I see Hi. that it's like one, almost one o'clock in the morning there. Yeah, it's so one o'clock here. Yeah. But, you know, I keep late and I like listening to the show. So. Oh, well, wonderful. I see you've been listening to us, but this is your first time calling in. Um, you, I see you have not had any readings with Miss Kat, Conjurement Ali, or any, any other readers and root workers uh, on this. I've situation. never had a reading ever, actually. This All is my right. first reading ever. Yeah. Well, thank you for really entrusting excited. us with your situation. And well, Lucy thanks. writes, my boyfriend hasn't talked to me for the past two months and won't give me answers. He came back two weeks ago and said he loved me and wanted to marry me and brutally left again. I need answers and clarity with the situation. I'm sad. Turning back to I'm you. Thanks for that, uh, uh, Papa Newton. Thanks, Lucy, for trusting us uh, with your situation. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that you're going to kind of this uh, rough emotional moment uh, of a guy who's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we were with, and then he disappears, he comes yeah. back. Um, always a, a bit of a pain. Let me ask a couple questions before I do yeah. uh, your first reading, and then Miss Kat is going to do your next reading, and then Lady Muse is going to give us some root work recommendations. Okay. First, um, how old uh, are you, and how old is he roughly? You don't have to give me the exact age, but you can tell me uh, roughly. No, I can tell you. I'm, I'm 24, and he's 26. 24 and 26. Okay, that's that's significant there. Um, and what sign of the zodiac is he? Uh, he's um, Pisces. He, do you want me to give? Do you want me to give you like his full date of birth? No, no, Pisces is fine. And what is your sign of the zodiac? I'm an I'm an Aries. You're an Aries. Okay, thanks for that. Um, I've pulled uh, a couple cards here, and and they are. Um, they reflect that. First, let's let's mention that uh, Aries and Pisces are not often uh, a, a good mix. They can they oh, can yeah, know, work, but it takes it takes a little bit of work, um, and 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 that's something to to bear in mind here. That there is an astrological factor. There is another mm-hmm. astrological factor playing in here as well. You said he's twenty six, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that means he's going to be starting or, or in the kind of beginnings of in the shadow, if you will, of what's known as his, his Saturn return. And the Saturn return lasts from roughly about 27 to about 30, 31-ish. Um, and mm-hmm. it's the reason it's an ish is there's a little bit of flexibility as most astrological events have what's known as a shadow or an after effect, uh, if you will. Um, and this is a period of, of deep restriction. And it's a period uh, in which, uh, you know, people have to confront the issues of their past. They have to confront the issues that they're going through. And it is a difficult time for relationships. What's interesting here, and this is, this is why it's so important for you, is that he came back and he says, I'm willing to marry you. So he's willing to make the yeah. commitment. That's very Saturnian. But then he, 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 he runs away from that. 
So the cards yeah. here reflect this. The very first card that we have is the moon card. And the moon card shows it's a celestial moon up in the heavens, cold, dark, distant, and barren. Well, two canines, a wolf and a dog, howl up at this moon, and a small crawfish craw- crawls out and walks a windy road. The windy road reflects where, uh, you know, this, this relationship has kind of gone. This has been a bit of an up and a down. And this has been an emotional roller coaster for you. But the source of this is actually much deeper than, uh, you know, him disappearing and showing up. This is a person who is going through a level of emotional turmoil. There is something there, and he has not been fully honest or transparent with you. There is a distance there. You don't... You know, there's something mm. going on with his emotions that he has not fully confronted himself, and he yeah, has I not know, been I, I fully think I know what it. Yeah. Oh, you do. Mm. Good, good. Yeah. This is what's what's going on here. There is this emotional problem that he's not able or 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 uh, willing to fully confront yet. As a result of this, this is what creates the tide, the back and the forth. The problem with the moon card is that it is barren, meaning that this is not a situation that you can perhaps help him with, that you can do, a, you know, root work or, or spiritual work to really help him along this path. It is something he needs to do himself. It is something that he needs to deal with. And unless he deals with it, I don't see it moving forward from there. Now, the next card is the six of swords. The six of swords says that he's going to come back again. Here we have an individual who is uh, uh, ferrying along uh, a woman and a child, and there's six swords in front of them, and he's ferrying them across this kind of rocky waters to an island in the distance. And this says that don't be too alarmed that he's disappeared, brutally disappeared, as you kind of noted. He will actually return again. There will be another moment where he comes back. Either he contacts you or he shows back up in your life. So he's going to come back. The link is not fully severed. He will return. There is still a connection between the two of you. But the problem is that he does not come with solace and comfort. He will come with even further troubles. The island that we see in this card is far off into the distance, and instead it is a process. So in other words, his return to you is part of the process that he's going through. His return to you is still going to be within that context of figuring out where he is emotionally. Now, you can choose to stay with him. If you do, you need to accept and acknowledge that he is going to bring into your life emotional turbulence. And it is going to come with a very heavy cost. It's going to be draining on you. It's not fair to you. I mean, you know that, that, that this is a very painful experience. Now, the good news, however, is that you are not destined to be alone. You can choose to find love if you want to. If you hold on to this man, know that for your own kind of sanity sake, he will come back. Right? He's not gone entirely. If that's what you're wondering, he will return. The deeper question is, do you really want to wait around for his return? And here I must encourage you to say, it might be time to heal the heart and move on. You, The final card that we have is the world card. You are an Aries. Aries are vibrant and wonderful figures. Uh, they, are, they are energetic. They are magnetic. And we see this in the world card, a beautiful woman dancing in the sky, surrounded by the wreath of victory, with four uh, creatures looking on, an eagle, a human, 
a bull and a lion. This might represent the, the different uh, signs of the zodiac here, Aquarius, Scorpio, Taurus the bull, and Leo the lion. You will have more than one person interested in you. If you're able to kind of heal your heart, close this chapter, and move on, allow yourself to move on, you will find new love very quickly by the start of the year. Well, I'm talking about less than a month or so. If you're able to spend December healing by January and by February, you will start to have new love appear in your life. And you will have multiple options. And you get to choose whether you want to commit yourself to one of those options or whether you're going to date and allow kind of yourself to be the center of adulation uh, and affection. That's what I see here. The cards are not overly optimistic about uh, a long-term reconciliation with your, your ex-lover or your former paramour. It does say that he will come back. There is a connection still there. But it also offers you a hope, a new path that if you are able to kind of move on, you will heal and find new love. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over uh, to Miss Cat, who's going to do your next reading, and we're going to have Lady Muse give you your root work recommendation. All right. Hi, hi, Lucy. Um, hi. Well, that was an interesting reading, and uh, I put some notes about it in the chat room while Ollie was talking, so you can review that later. And I hope mm-hmm. someone will put in notes about what I'm reading. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm... <laughs> I have an equally uh, funny card to begin with. I have a card called the Hermit, number nine. And uh, this Mm -hmm. is the Trump, the Trump number nine. And the Hermit is a man who has withdrawn. He's dressed in gray. He's on an icy mountaintop. He has a a staff, and he has a little lantern with a star light in it. And this Mm -hmm. is, um, it's it's a question of him withdrawing but he keeps his light shining i'm my um advice to you is don't bother going up that icy mountain you're just going to find this same icy hermit that you had um the hermit is a a card that says also he he has a solitary path to pursue and it does not say to me that that path is with you there's something about him that is a that he's got a, a problem here and I I don't feel um, that he's engaging. You know, that he's not coming out and saying, oh, isn't this wonderful and I love you and everything. The, the uh, next card that I have is a card that is pretty uh, negative. And uh, again, I don't want to like alarm you. You don't know me, but it is the Four of Swords. And this is a card of a coffin. And on the coffin is carved the figure of a man. It's one of those stone sarcophagus coffins in a stone chapel somewhere in Europe. And the the coffin lid is not firmly in place. We say that this is a prepared for death or that the person is not dead yet. Your feelings are still there. There's still some feelings. But this is something better to put the lid on the coffin and call it over. There are swords on the wall and sword and a sword on the side of the sarcophagus. And um, part of his problem is that he can't really settle down. It's difficult for him. I would, if it were me, do something that accords with this card, but I'm going to leave that to Lady Muse to, to prescribe for you. But you might want to do a little ritual of putting something that he gave you in a box and closing the box and burying it because this is a card that often indicates 
the only way out of this moment of hanging between life and death, between love and loss, is you just got to close the lid on the coffin. Don't keep on looking in the coffin saying, is he still dead? You know, because you got you to put him away is basically what this is about. And for me, um, the third card is a, a card that is um, a pretty happy card. Um, I'm presuming, because you're um, a young woman, that you probably don't have any children, but the card that I have here for you, do you have children? No, I don't. You don't, right. But this card then is your future. This is called the Queen of Wands, and this is a um, a fire sign lady who does have a child, or if not a child, she'll help raise somebody else's child, or if not a child, I can say, you know, I'll say, good with pets. Because this is a woman who takes care of others, and she is a fire sign woman. This is the woman you will become in your 30s, or after your Saturn return, you know, around the age of 29, 30. And uh, she's optimistic. She holds a sunflower instead of a scepter. And she has lions um, on her throne, which is Leo. It's another fire sign. She wears gold and silver clothes. She has a little cat in front of her. She's very protective. This tells me, and she's a, she's also very good with herbs, by the way. She has herbs in her golden crown. And what I always say about this woman is that she is a supreme competent optimist once she is done with something she goes on to the next thing and she has energy more than most because she wears silver and gold and behind her are the silver sands of moonlight and the golden sands of sunlight we say she works by day and by night and she is a um uh, a woman of great energy and great uh, talent. So you are growing into your womanhood. You will be a queen. Should you choose to have children, you would be very good at it. Should you choose to have a cat, you'd be very good at that too. She has that little cat with her. But um, this is um, a distinct turning away from these depressing earlier cards. The hermit with his downturned head, Oh, I'm so alone in the ice and snow, and you know, and then this undead, um, this coffin, like not dead yet, but just, but it should be dead. Just it's yeah, over. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to put a lid on on it. I I want him back. You know, I'm really in love with him. Yeah. Well, I know and you say you want him back. I I hear that. Um, but but what we've I'm I'm you know when you go to a reader, they're going to tell you what they see. And Ollie saw it much more distinctly than I did. But what Ollie saw was that there's a mental problem with him. He's got a problem, and you can make all the excuses in the world that you want, but but he's coming and going. He's changing his mind. He's not normal. He's not the he's not good marriage material. And and Ollie said this as kindly as possible. I'm going to tell you. If you were someone used to getting readings and got the card of the moon, I would just flat out mm. say it. He's mentally ill. There's something wrong with him. And what's wrong with him is his inability to make a decision and stay with it, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be understanding, to compromise, to have a relationship. All of that's missing. It's a dog and a wolf. 
It's either he's sweet, you know, snuggly up like the little dog or biting and, and tearing you apart like the wolf. This is not a good card. Yeah, he can and, be very, yeah, he can be very sweet and he can be very, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But that's his problem. And you are not his problem. You're better off when he retreats. I know you want him back, but the cards don't show that that's your wisest choice. Now, you can say, I want I want to get him back no matter what, and we'll see. Maybe Lady Muse will give you some last-ditch thing, but, but I bet if, if she does, you'll be back here in three months calling up again and saying, I tried it and it and it things went bad. And Ali said you can draw him back again. He will come back again. Mm-hmm. I'm saying uh, uh, put a period at the end of that sentence. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. All right. I'm going to uh, turn. You know, like when when he's going to come back, right? Um, well, I'm... <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, Ali did not say when he would come back, but. Um, he said that after the first of the year, you'll have people interested in you, and he may be one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn this over to Lady Muse. I'd like her to give you some spell work you can do, whether you are reluctant to do it or not. And Lady Muse, you hear, hear mm-hmm. her voice. She wants us to give her a spell yeah. to draw back, no matter how I bad see. the cards are. <laughs> I see. I see. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? Hello. Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Now I I wanted I know you want him back. I when it, when we're dealing with matters of the heart and you love somebody, oh my goodness. Sometimes <laughs> you just, you know, gotta have what you gotta have. But as the cards were saying, you know, it's it's not a good thing. It's not it's not an easy road. A reconciliation with this gentleman is gonna take a whole lot of work, sweetheart. A whole lot of work, mm-hmm. a whole lot of energy, a whole lot of time and a whole lot of patience that you may not have. Now, you just might have that kind of patience, but it's, it's going to take work such as cleansing and uncrossing work because he has a mental issue. He's hiding things from you. So we, you have to uh, snatch the covers off the things that he's hiding. Some of the things that he's hiding, you may not like what he's hiding. You understand? So right now, spirit is giving you a chance to deal with his bull crap or to move on and find something that's a little bit easier to pursue. You understand? You're not stuck right now. You're not married to this guy, okay? So you really want to think about what it is that you want. So now I'm going to give you two options, all right? The first option I want to give you is to cut and clear because that is what Spirit is leading us to tell you as far as what would be best, okay? So uh, Lucky Mojo has a kit, a cut and clear kit that you can use. What you want to do is you want to cut the cut if you want to get rid of him okay you want to cleanse yourself and then rejuvenate your feelings and your emotions you want to make sure that you take the the cleansing bath okay and then do a followed by a healing bath to uh rebuild your emotions and to strengthen your your emotions so that you won't go through the roller coaster ride of, oh, I miss him, or I'm breaking down today, or I can't do this, but, you know, you're going to go through these things as you're getting rid of him and untying these uh, soul ties that you have with him. Okay, I hear the bumper music, so I got to hurry up. So what you want to do as far as the healing work on yourself, you want to grab you some bone set, some self-heal, and utilize that master root so you can have mastery over your emotions, okay? You want to get rid of everything that he's given you and bury it. Okay, now if you want to get him back, you got to go through a long list of things, 
to, for reconciliation. All right? And it looks like we're running out of time, so should I keep going? Um, well, I'll tell you what. You said healing yourself with self-heal and master root. Uh, would she brew that into a tea and bathe in it? Absolutely. She can brew that into a tea and bathe in it so that she can rejuvenate herself and sustain herself as she's cutting away this gentleman out of her life. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna add just one more thing because I know we're running late, and she probably doesn't know this because she doesn't know us. A cut and clear spell will cut you away from him, but it is not necessarily permanent. Read this. Read the link that it says, and you will be able to draw him back if he comes back meeting the needs that you have written down on a list. You'll see it. And so it doesn't mean like I banish him forever. It means I banish him mm-hmm. the way he is, and if he comes back, exactly. he comes back clean. Okay? Because we don't so, want the junk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, cut and clear is a good one. All right, let's let's uh, wrap this up. And I'm sorry, Lucy, we really got, uh, you know, you, you have, it's a complicated situation. Let's go to Papa Newt, Okay. All right, and now it's time for our free spell segment with Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California. Uh, take it away, Miss Cat. All right, oh, boy. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't, I don't abide by my own rules, do I? As far as timing. All right, this free spell, this free spell is going to be put through the chat log in little bits and pieces, but I'm going to read it. This is from the, the genuine black and white magic of Maria Laveau, which I have restored, edited, revised, and um, played with for five months. And this is spell number 34, the man who is pursued by the law. And so here's the petition. Oh, good mother, the law of the land is on my trail, and I am compelled to hide myself away from the eyes of the sheriff and the bailiff, for they seek me at all times in all places. I dare not walk in the streets for fear that I will be put in the dungeon and kept there for a long space of time, away from the sunshine and smiles of the outer world. I have been accused of all sorts of things which are against the law of the land, and at all hours of the day and night I am searched for and hounded so that I have no peace. I do not know who is my friend and who are my enemies. My mind is uncertain, my life is in danger, and I know not whether I will see the sunrise or the good moon go down behind the clouds from one day to the next. Marie answers, My poor son, I hear your cries of anguish and hasten to give you advice that the blight may be taken from you and you may walk the streets in peace. You will take the big John the Conqueror powder and also the black snake root powder and of this you will make a small package inside a white handkerchief, and on this you will drip the oil of wintergreen. This you will keep on yourself at all times until danger is past. Fail not to see that no human hand but yours touches it after you have let it touch your body. To make your enemies leave so that they will not come back, take hot foot powder and sprinkle where your enemies walk or put it in their shoes. And so that the sheriff and his lawmen will not think of you, you will give them sickness and trouble of their own. You will burn a novena of nine black candles dipped in holy oil and rolled in graveyard dirt, lighting them upside down one every night for nine nights just as the sun goes down. And as they burn, you will pray to God and ask his help to overcome your enemies and have peace and happiness for your own. And if the sheriffs have already taken you before the learned judge, you will take the dove's blood ink and write with it, quote, 
O pure blood without sin, like the pure white dove that you represent, make me pure in the eyes of men, and make it so the judges shall see only purity and no sin, and that I shall be made whole again. Unquote. This must be written on pure parchment paper, and after reading it over to yourself on your knees, it is to be burned and the ashes scattered. This you will do every time you get a paper commanding you to appear before the judges. Obey their commands, but also fail not in carrying out this covenant if you value your life and liberty. So be it. Wow, I love it. Yes. That yes. is some good <laughs> That's work. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, how many times these days do people tell you to take black candles, mm-hmm. dip them in holy oil, roll them in uh-huh. graveyard dirt, and burn them upside down? That's the old school. That's old school mm-hmm. and very well that done. That is I'm old like. school. And this, yes. you can yes. see very clearly the ways of working that we still do today mm-hmm. in this working. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So this is just one of the 53 spells plus all the rest of the goodies in this book. I really find um this kind of work very satisfying. I've done it for years. Um I believe I bought my first copy of Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau probably in 1964. I had it before I went off to college. Um mm-hmm. I've owned several different versions of it over the years, I ended up with a whole box full of them. I literally have a box full of different editions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, and it's that box full that allowed you to kind of piece together the history behind it and the kind of intertextuality that's there and and the influences that are there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know me, I'm I'm kind of hard of seeing. I don't see real well, and I'd see a new cover, and I'd say, I don't have that book, and I'd pick it up, and I'd go, wait a minute, it's the same book as that book. But they, well, oh, no, but it's different, you know. <laughs> oh, it's not say new added bit. Yeah, I do want to say one other thing about why I am reprinting this now. Uh, Marty Mayer sold Indio products, and the new owners who were printing the Anna Riva edition, which I thought was a crap edition, but they were keeping it yeah. in print. I never want to step on anybody's toes, but we can't get it from them anymore. We've made an order probably um, two times a month for the last six months. I hit the wall, and I said, okay, got to do it myself. I don't mm. care if they print it again. The heck with them. They haven't kept the book in print. So there we go. So be it. Well, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The people What's who are, are looking yourself? for... One of the things about this book is that it's also part of a series of books, and that, that's important to point out, that Missionary Independent Lucky Mojo are putting out. Could you talk about how this, the Art of Candle Burning Magic, this book, all kind of go together and give you a full range of understanding who do and, and how to do this work? Well, yeah, I, I can. This book comes, out, like I said, out of New Orleans, out of the New Orleans yeah. pharmacies, and contains products from the pharmacies as well as herbs and roots. The Master Book of Candle Burning, which came out in '41, focused primarily on candles, as did exactly. a couple of other books from that time period. Candles had become popular, and so uh, there was also A Candle to Guide Your Way, probably the next book I'm going to be reprinting, or anyway, it'll be within the next six months. It's also out of print now, by um, uh, Mikhail Strabo, a.k.a. Uh, J.R.R. Steiner. And mm-hmm. then there's another book that fits in from the same time period of the 30s, and that's Legends of Incense, Urban Oil Magic. And that's the predecessor to my own book, Hoodoo Urban Root Magic, because yeah. it really is about 
uh, herbs and roots and how they are used. It also talks about incenses and other things like that. These, um, the formation of these books of magic, as opposed to you having to learn every little spell mm-hmm. from one person, really rose during the period of increased literacy. And I don't mm-hmm. just mean black literacy, but literacy all over the United States was rising yeah. between World War One and World War Two, and so book knowledge became a way of transmitting folk knowledge. But these books were only sold in metaphysical shops, occult shops. You didn't find these books in a regular bookstore. So they are part of the underground, the demimond of hoodoo society. Oh, how interesting. Thank you, Ms. Gap, for uh, giving us an opportunity uh, to interview and that fantastic free spell. I'm sure people are going to be very excited, and I encourage them to go out and buy this book. I know that I will. Um, I'm a fan of this particular book, um, of all the kind of books that I grew up with uh, and found back in the day at the supply shops. I'm very much looking forward to this one. Let's have Papa Newt come in and give us an outro, and then we'll say goodbye, and that will be it for our show this day. Thank you, Conjurman Ali, and thank you, Lady Muse, for being our special co-host today. And thank you, Ms. Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rubrikers, who will be Co-Meadows of Co-Meadows.com in Auburn, Alabama. Once again, oh, and bringing us the topic on cleansing. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find uh, Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and Lady Muse at the uh, House of Self Empowerment.com in Victorville, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Nuta, joining you from papanuta.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive by luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa New. Couldn't have done the show without your wonderful uh, stewardship and uh, to Lucky Mojo. Uh, Curio Company, who's in the chat room. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Lady Muse. And we will be back to our regular scheduled uh, format next week. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Goodbye.